for a thought tonight. I'm going to go ahead and get started. I want to use for a thought tonight. Anxiety's cure. Anxiety's cure. God has a cure for us. He wants to fix what's ailing us. God is a healer. He's still a healer. He's still a deliverer. God is still in the blessing business. God is still on the throne. Doesn't matter what it looks like in the world. God is still on the throne. And God has an answer for your anxiety. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8. It says, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time casting all your care upon him for he cares for you verse 8 says be sober be vigilant because be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour now, I just want to focus on the first couple of verses for sure here where uh, during this time of anxiety, and, and we're in in a period of anxiety. If, if we watch the news too much and we watch what's going on, there are things that will definitely affect us in a negative way. Yes, we're dealing with a pandemic in the world, uh, which means that it's affecting this epidemic that's going on is affecting a wide geographical area worldwide. I think it's over 23 countries are being affected. Uh, huge populations. And we're blessed in America that we're spread out, but like Italy is so compact. People are uh, on top of each other in so many other countries. And I was reading something earlier where uh, particular countries in Africa uh, they're not showing high reports of this coronavirus, but it's because there's no testing. It's because there's no medical help. And so, uh, you know, to see us rushing out to grocery stores and people buying um, all the tissue, all the toilet paper, all the food, all the bread, and, and, and they have to regulate, the stores have to regulate what you can purchase. Uh, I've, I've heard mothers crying because they could not buy diapers for their children or formula because somebody bought it all up. Uh, these things create uh, a crisis, uh, anxiety in us. Uh, but, but I want to tell you, we've, we've had these things before. And please understand, I, I'm not going to get political on you at all, I don't think, here tonight. But I, I want to, I just want to tell you that this thing bears respect, this pandemic. I believe that, and I've said it before it ever hit, that God was calling the church to repentance. The reason we're experiencing what we're experiencing in every facet of life is because God is trying... Uh, judgment begins at the house of Israel. It, God is trying to get our attention, and especially during this Lenten season. Usually during Lenten season, 
this season of Lent where we repent and we uh, rededicate ourselves to the Lord and, and we make special sacrifices. We reevaluate our relationship with the Lord as we walk with him through this period, through the garden, to the cross, at the resurrection, ultimately on Resurrection Sunday. We, we, this is the season, and usually there's somebody that's writing a book that attacks our faith, and it becomes the number one seller during this Lenten season. For years, these different books and these authors and these people, apostates who've left the Christian faith, and now they're writing books challenging us in our faith. Well, uh, uh, we're experiencing it again. <laughs> we're experiencing something now where God is, I believe it, it's, God's not doing it to us, but God is allowing. If God just backs his hand up, uh, the church, there has to be a mic to, to uh, uh, a prophet. Ezekiel or Jeremiah who will cry out and say, church, it doesn't matter what's happening in the world. We've got to make sure our relationship is right with God. We've developed, we've developed in America a theology that does not uh, put the responsibility of serving God, living God, being a believer on us at all. It's all on him. And that's not right. That's not good theology. And so I believe God is calling us. I said it before this pandemic hit to repentance. I said that God was going to, to challenge the church of God in Christ as well as other religions. Because I think that we've kind of gotten away from what living for the Lord is all about. We've become so political. We've become, uh, we've, we've still got rituals. We've still got... Um, church going on but we're, we've learned without god we've had we've learned how to do communion without asking god to search our hearts we we when is the last time we've been broken before the lord when is the last time we've wept over our sins when is the last time we've asked god to and, and we've all got these issues we've all got issues that we need to bring to the lord and leave it there but I believe God is bringing us to that place, and that's where we are right now. But we, we want to be careful that we don't become so negative in our flesh that our flesh controls our spirit, man, and, and we miss what God is calling us to. Uh, I'll just give you an example. You know, we, we've had uh, this many different epidemics and pandemics Ebola and all this stuff that's happened down through the years, even now, uh, the focus is on this coronavirus, but actually we've had more people over the years die from influenza than we've had die from corona, and even probably at its height, its height, we will have more who will die from the flu. And, and statistics bear it out. I, I, you know, over the over the last um, t since 2010, we've had 12 to 61,000 deaths uh, from influenza, and we have had so many thousands and thousands of deaths 
from the flu. People hospitalized. And now what's happening is this pandemic is putting us over the threshold of, of our medical community being able to meet it. It's over the threshold of leadership being able to wrap their minds around it, the leadership of this country, and to bring us to a place where people can feel secure and not react with worry and anxiety. But God has an answer. God has an answer. Uh, it's, this is not about just about uh, the coronavirus. 23,000 people have died so far with, uh, uh, from the flu this year. In Arkansas, we've had 105 deaths. In Arkansas, there were 43 school districts shut down already from the flu. School districts had shut down this year. So uh, we, we don't want to take this virus and put it out here and make it bigger than what it is. And we don't want to make it less than what it is. I think us not meeting at church and listening to the advice of uh, the medical community is wise. And here's what I, I've said to some of our people, is if we can't hold on to our faith, if we can't pick up the phone and dial in or turn on Facebook and listen to our pastor and not backslide during this time, we may not have had too much salvation anyway. If, if we're not any more committed than that, just think what people in China, other countries where Christianity is illegal, and they keep meeting at the risk of their lives. In India, we were listening to testimonies of churches that are burned, people killed, and pastors murdered because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And we in America, we can't even meet on the internet during a virus because we may not have the faith we thought we had. No wonder anxiety is taking over. No wonder fear is taking over. We've got to refocus and put our eyes back on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our only help. He's our only hope. And, and the Bible teaches this here in, in 1 Peter 5. Let me get off and, and just deal with the scriptures now if I can. But in 1 Peter 5, it says, Therefore humble yourself, yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Brokenness, fasting, humility. Taking responsibility for our walk with the Lord and saying, God, what is it that you're trying to teach me? We are supposed to grow through this. This is what I taught Sunday. This didn't come to destroy us. It came to strengthen us. And if we can't be strengthened through this, we need to check our whole cards. We need to check and see what's in the account. Uh, yes, Jesus died for our sins. He came to take them away, but if you don't know how to give it to him, how to trust him, then maybe it's not faith. And, and I believe he's challenging me, he's challenging all of us to have a faith that is unshaken, a faith that is undaunted. He says, humble yourself, humble yourself, bring yourself under, when we read the scripture, let's don't read it from a Republican point of view, let's don't read it from a Democratic point of view point of view. Let's don't read it from uh, our personal agenda. Let's don't read the scripture so that we can see what it's saying for somebody else. What do you say to me, God? 
What is it that you are are saying that the word has to do in my life that I may yield to your word? And so humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. It's not in our timing, it's in God's time. God will fix this when he's ready. And, and, and it's important that we are ready when he's ready. Uh, we need to be ready when God moves the cloud, when he moves the veil. A lot of people talk about Psalm 91. Uh, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Well, that's talking about when the Israelites came out of Egypt, how the Lord covered them with the cloud. He, he covered them with the fire at night, covered them from the heat, covered them, kept them warm, kept back the enemy, fed them. Well, uh, they had to suffer. They had to go through some things. By the way, they were in a desert place before they could even recognize and receive what God had for them. Too many of us have a spirit called America, prosperity, and we're not willing to go through anything. We're not willing to wait on God. God is calling us to himself. And he says that he may exalt us in due season. Verse 7 says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Are you throwing the thing? There, there are times that I sit here and I wonder and I'm praying for the church. I'm praying for different ones. I move the, my, my table where I work at the computer. I go out on the deck, may go out to my outer office, and I'm praying and wondering, Lord, will our church survive this? Will our people grow through this? I'm wondering if our people are really going to uh, listen to leadership, our leadership through this. Uh, are we going to be better when we come through this? And, 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 and sometimes I start uh, worrying about our church and where the ministry is going next. And I have to throw it at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, you know, you know. You know who belongs to you. You know how you. I don't want to keep losing sleep over this person or that person. And uh, God is asking us to cast. Don't fold them up. Don't uh, uh, put them in a package so we can come back and pick it up later. But cast all of our cares upon him because he's, he cares for us. He wants us to be sober, to be vigilant. Vigilant. So, so we've got to put some effort into this, this walk with God. We can't be passive. God's not going to bless us. He's not healing us. He's not prospering us so we can be lazy, so that we can be uh, unconcerned, uh, so that we can do less for him in the kingdom. He's calling us to be vigilant, to be sober. There are a lot of people who are turning this this pandemic, this thing that we're going through into a last days. Be careful. Watch these people tell you that, oh, this is this is uh, the mark of the beast. This is uh, the Lord's about to come. He's going to be here in six months. Watch yourself. Watch yourself when you exalt a man above the word of the Lord and above God. Quit reading the scripture because somebody told you how to read it. And read it so God can speak to you. Don't let people fill you with anxiety. God is in control. They've been singing this song. He's got the whole world 
In his hands, he's got the whole world. Do you believe that? He's got the whole world in his hands. So, because the adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion, but he acts like one. He's looking for people who have been overwhelmed by fear, anxiety, not walking in fellowship with the Lord, not walking in in in, in the coverage uh, that the Lord has for us. And so God's calling us to do that. He has an answer for our anxiety. We've got to be careful that we don't get this fake peace. This peace. There, there are some people who have said the sinner's prayer, but they don't really know the peace of God. The peace of God helps us through everything that we're going through. If we don't have real peace, then we'll get stuck with one of three things, fake peace, crippling anxiety, or numbness. Fake peace is a kind of peace that we know that we know is not really real, but it's all we know because we've been pretending for so long. We can do this because we're successful. We, we, we can hold on because we, we, we know computers. We have cars. We have so many things. We have club memberships. We have talent. As I said earlier, we know how to have church without God. Uh, we know how to be happy, but we're really not at peace. God has an answer for that. If we're not even trying to fake peace, there's some of us who have just given in to crippling anxiety. And this is caused by the stress of trying to succeed in your own strength getting all the stuff we wanted in order to fake peace. This anxiety may be a result of professional stressors or trying to be successful uh, without God. We're having difficulties in relationships, anxiety, uh, because there's so much in our lives that's not resolved because there's no peace in this area or that area. Sometimes this anxiety just numbs us. We just become numb. We, we get to the place, and, and listen to me, please. We get to the place that we really don't care anymore. We don't even feel anything towards God. We have no more passion. So many people have lost their hunger, their passion doesn't matter that the word says he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on them. We have gone through the motions for so long that we've become numb. When we hear the word, respond. When we hear and feel the nudge in our heart, the Lord say, do this or do that or pray for this one or pray for that or read your Bible and we've not done it for so long that we've become numb and now we don't even 
recognize his voice. We grab other stuff that cancels out his voice, cancels out the voice of the word that we hear. We'd rather do everything else rather than what God's calling us to do. It's so important that we understand that God is calling us to himself. He has an answer for our anxieties. James 4 and 7 says, Therefore submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit. How? What is God's cure, cure for our anxiety? Submit. That's a daily practice. That's not something you did when you were 12 years old or when you were a child. It's not something that happened 20 years ago. This is a renewing, refreshing walk. We submit ourselves to God. And we resist the enemy. Just because you have submitted to God doesn't mean that you won't have any problems with the enemy, with the devil, with your flesh. But when you submit to him, he gives you the ability to resist. The devil is not going to flee until you resist. Some of the voices that you're listening to that look like you, that sound like you, that have your last name, will never stop speaking negativity and death and anxiety in your life until you tell it to stop. Until you say, I'm not going to have that conversation with you. So we have to submit, resist, and he will flee. Proverbs 3 and 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your path. So it's important that we acknowledge him in everything. Again, this is a daily daily walk with the Lord to, to really learn how to acknowledge the Lord. Psalm 55 and 22, God's cure for your anxiety. Cast your burden on the Lord. Very similar to the first verse I started with, and I'm about to quit here, but cast your burden on the Lord. Cast it. Just throw it on the Lord. You know, perfect love casts out fear. So when when you, when you know and realize that God loves you unconditionally, there are no secrets with God. There's nothing he doesn't know about us. Cast your care on him. Whatever is bothering you. Sometimes some of us, when we read the scripture, the devil will throw some stuff up that happened 20 years ago. When you make up your mind that you're going to fast and you're going to seek God early in the morning, <laughs> all the stuff from fast come up. You've got to learn how to cast that burden on the Lord. And the Bible says, and he will sustain you. This is an interactive walk. It's a transforming walk. He will sustain you. If you cast it on the Lord, if you take his cure for your anxiety, he will sustain you. That word sustain in the Hebrew is cool, K-O-O-L, I believe. It, it's it, well, that's how you pronounce it. It's cool. It, it means to maintain, to nourish. He will sustain you. It means that he will provide food for you. He will bear or hold you up. When you 
let him sustain you, it means that he will supply the means necessary for living. Everything you need for living, he promises to provide. He promises to provide everything you need for living. He will sustain you. He shall never, 5522, never permit the righteous to be moved. God's not going to let the righteous be moved. Now, you've got to cast your burden. You've got to sustain you. And he won't let you be moved. Now, people may say things that are not true about you, but he won't let the righteous be moved. Your focus is on the Lord. Your love is for the Lord. It is so important to receive his cure for your anxiety. Whatever is true. I know that some of you are struggling with sickness. Maybe you're struggling with doubt and fear. Maybe some of you are struggling with your commitment to faith. I challenge you to cast that on the Lord. Um, George Mueller said that the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. For some of us, it may take us a while to get there because we practice living the other way for so long in fear, in doubt. It's become the norm. Unbelief. Unfaithfulness. We start stuff and we quit. We get discouraged. We let people talk us out of uh, our faith in a sense of, of really being productive for the Lord. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Let us learn how to sing. John Henry Joe said, let us learn how to sing when we do not feel like it. For in this way, in this way, we give wings to heavy feet and turn weariness into strength. When we learn how to sing, through our anxiety, seen through our adverse circumstances, they will take wings. We will see them leave us because we have learned how to trust God. We have learned how to put our trust, how to cast our care, how to allow Him to sustain us. Listen, Matthew 8, 16 and 17 says, and I'm closing with this last scripture, when evening had, they brought to him many, many demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word, and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. God's cure for anxiety, listen, he himself took our infirmities. That word infir infirmities, yes, it includes sickness, but it also includes, it also includes our weaknesses. It also includes moral failure. It includes our doubts. 
It includes whatever your Achilles heel is. He came to take your infirmity. Now, when he's taking it, you got to let it go. <laughs> you can't hold on to it and say, God, this is the only thing I've ever used all of my life. All I know is this fork. And you don't know that there's a spoon and a knife that'll help you enjoy what God's got for you to enjoy. Because you only knew that there was a fork and that's all you had all of your life. He came to take our infirmities. So let's give it to him tonight. All of our anxieties. Then the next part of that says that he bore our sicknesses. He's still in the healing business. He's a healing God. We still believe in uh, praying for the sick. If you don't believe in that, quit uh, reading all the prayer lists on Sunday morning. All those that are sick, if you're not going to pray for them. He is still a healer. By his stripes, we are healed. I just, I want you to be encouraged that God has a cure for you. A cure for your anxiety. He doesn't want to stress. All of us have different things that, that push our buttons. But I challenge you to allow him to give you the cure. He will give you the answer. He will fix it if you let him. Can we, can we pray? If you have a request, I hope that you will send it. You can inbox me. If there's a request that you have, you want us to pray for you, we're, we're more than willing to do that. My uh, home phone number, 8708, no, thank you, 231-4007, My niece, DJ Danielle, is helping me today. Thank you, sweetheart, for helping me. Uh, but if you need prayer, we will pray with you. Uh, listen, all of us have days that are difficult, but if we hang in here together and pray for one another, when I'm weak, you may be the one that God sends to encourage me. When you're weak, God may send me to encourage you. So I just hope that you will hold on and don't let anxiety be your answer, but let God be your cure. God will be your cure if you let him. God will fix it if you let him. Thank you, Lord for this time together, for this Bible study. I pray that every person who has listened to this time together in the Word will be blessed and encouraged. So many times we're isolated thinking that we're the only ones going through a particular thing. We're the only ones suffering through a particular thing. But Lord, you're calling us to trust you you're calling us to lay all of our cares, concerns, our brokenness, our weaknesses, our failures at your feet. And you are the answer for all that we need. So, Lord, bless your people. Encourage your people. Heal your people. Touch Sister Wanda. Touch Brother Oliver. 